The Colorado Buffaloes have been one of the bottom dwellers in the Pac-12 for quite some time now, but can they finally give Arizona State a challenge in 2022? That's what we're here to discuss on this episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in a visual platform, wherever you do get those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe. And also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. If you want to stay up to date with everything going on with the podcast, make sure that you are following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils, and stay in touch with everything locked on Sun Devils. Getting back into our series that we've been going through as we go game by game for Arizona State. Coming up on a week nine game is the Colorado Buffaloes, where Arizona State will be traveling to Boulder after taking on the Buffaloes in Tempe last year and handling business pretty well. They will have to go on the road this year. And Colorado continues to be in kind of a rebuilding mode, so to speak. Uh, Carl uh, Carl Durrell is going into his third season with the program. He previously was actually one of the head coaches at U- uh, UCLA way back when in the early 2000s and recently spent a lot of time in the NFL between the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Again, this is him going into his third season now. Offensive-minded guy. I, f- I feel like they've, they've shown some potential over the course of his little stint there. They've had some decent little run games. He might have himself a pretty good quarterback coming in that we're going to talk about in just a second, but there's definitely a lot of work to do on this roster, and it doesn't help that Colorado, similar to Arizona State, got absolutely decimated by the transfer portal 22 players left last winter like that's that is somehow even worse considerably worse than what Arizona State just had to go to with 16 guys it's it's a very tough situation in Boulder Boulder, Colorado right now for their football program for all the right reasons like you know you'll you'll take just transferring instead of bad headlines that'll pop up around your team but Looking at this team, I think it starts at the quarterback spot. I think it's a pretty good bet that Brandon Lewis should be the starter. I know there's a lot of people that are coming out and saying that uh, JT Shrout, who is transferring from Tennessee, is someone who's going to be competing for the starting spot. But he's just not been someone who has shown a lot of like potential during his time when he was with Tennessee, he was a sub 60% passer. And he, I, I think his best season was 57.1% of his passes. Uh, he played eight games, completed for career 53.6% with five touchdowns against three interceptions. Uh, just very, very little to go off of. He's coming off a season ending, uh, season ending injury a year ago. And they're, 
they're marketing him as the starting quarterback. And I feel like it's Brendan Lewis's job to lose. Lewis was definitely not anything outstanding last year, but he was a, a redshirt freshman who showed a lot of promise in 12 games. He, he threw 1,540 yards, 10 touchdowns against three interceptions. And when you consider the fact that Colorado really just has not been able to surround anyone at quarterback with some talent in quite a while, I feel like that's, that should be getting more praise than he actually is. I think, I feel like Brandon Lewis is actually a very quality quarterback. I feel like he can definitely surprise in 2022 and prove himself to be one of the better quarterbacks in the PAC 12. Now, Similar to uh, the kid we talked about yesterday from Washington, whose name is escaping me at the moment. I'm I'm not willing to say that he's going to, or uh, that that was a couple of days ago. Uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford. That's who we talked about yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm not willing to say that he's going to be a top five quarterback. Now referring to Brendan Lewis, but I do think that Lewis is like a very very talented quarterback who could potentially be really good for them. He also has some dual threat ability for what it's worth. He did turn out 188 yards and two touchdowns on the ground a year ago. And there's a lot of opportunity for him to continue being the guy in that backfield. They they just got a lot of losses to deal with. Their leading rusher, uh, Jarek Broussard, ended up transferring over to Michigan State during the offseason. They do have senior Alex uh, Fontenot coming back as well. And Dion Smith should be returning as well as a redshirt junior. So they do have two of their top three rushers from a year ago coming back. But for what it's worth, they combined for just over 500 yards. Uh, Jarek Broussard, their leading rusher, had 661 yards. Uh, looking at the receiving core, it's, again, there's just, there's not a lot to truly get excited over. I know they're really excited about Brady Russell, the tight end. Solid size, 6'3", 255 pounds, led the team in receptions and yards a year ago at 25 and 307, respectively, was not able to get into the end zone. But I know that there are some really nice expectations for him. Uh, Their number one wide receiver from a year ago, Brandon Rice, of course, transferred to USC because who didn't transfer to USC this offseason? Daniel Arias will be returning for his senior season. He's a big post-up guy at 6'4". Hauled in 19 passes, 237 yards a year ago. Uh, Dimitri Stanley, I believe, is also... No, uh, he was one of the transfers. Uh, so that that's another loss for them. Uh, Montana, uh, Lemunius Craig. That's a guy who's getting a lot, a lot of hype this year. Going into his redshirt sophomore season, six foot two, 185 pounds. There was... there Or not was. There, there are some high expectations uh, for for, Monta- for Montana Luminous Craig to take a really nice step forward for them in their receiving game, potentially be the number two receiver next to Daniel Arias. And with Brady Russell, a tight end, you know, that that's not that bad of a, uh, of, of a passing game. Sure. It's not anything outstanding. I don't know if they have a thousand yard receiver, but when you look at what they had last year, I feel like there's, there's there's more potential for these guys to be better, especially because Brandon Lewis is going to be better in this second year. And in a worst case scenario, maybe JT Shrout, the, the other guy who's competing, is able to make the most of a full starting opportunity for them. But I think that these quarterbacks are going to be in for better years than they were last year. Offensive line, not too much to talk about. I think that 
Um, redshirt sophomore tackle Jake Wiley is going to be someone interesting to watch. Uh, Tommy Brown is their incoming transfer coming from um, is it Alabama. It is Alabama. Coming from Alabama, he's going to be solidifying the inside. Uh, Noah Fenske will be playing center. Uh, Casey Roddick at right tackle and Frank uh, Frank Frank Phillip, excuse me, will be their right tackle. I think it's a fine offensive line. Nothing really stands out. I, I like Jake uh, Wiley, and there's some high expectations for Tommy Brown. Other than that, I think it's it it truly is a mediocre offense. I I like the upside though. Not not as this high octane offense. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that there's some nice potential for Colorado to end up surprising some teams. And if you sleep on this team, they might be able to sneak up on you, especially if Brandon Lewis, who I am a fan of, if he can take that next step forward as a passer and maybe even as a runner too, I think they could have something good going at the quarterback position. But with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to pick up our conversation talking about the defensive side of the ball for uh, Colorado. But first, a quick word from our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the number or the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms. Back into our conversation and now looking at the defensive side of things for, for Colorado. There is just as much replacing on that side of the football as there's going to be on the offensive side. They lost six of their best players on defense, and it's going to be very difficult for them to replace. Uh, they lost their leading sack artist from a year ago, Carson Wells, now in the NFL. Uh, most recently was cut from the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe. Uh, Mustafa Johnson is also gone from the program. He was their second leading sack artist from a year ago. That is seven and a half out of their one, two, three, four, five, uh, six and a half sacks remaining. So that they, they've lost over 50% of their production in the sack department at that point. Uh, looking in the secondary, there are some guys that are interesting, but they lost some guys too. Mark Perry, their starting safety from a year ago, is now at TCU and was their, uh, their, their, their team leader in interceptions with three. They do have Isaiah Lewis back, and there's a lot of hype around him to end up being a very, very good player at the strong safety spot for them. He had two interceptions a year ago. Uh, again, Carson Wells is gone, one of their do-it-all linebacker kind of guys. Uh, Robert Barnes had an interception a year ago. He is back with the program as, the, uh, as one of the starting linebackers. Their linebacker core is very interesting. They end up pulling a kid... Um, Josh Chandler uh, Semido, who was a, a leading tackler for West Virginia last year and has been a 60-plus tackle guy each of the last three years, there is some excitement around him to potentially fill out for the Carson Wells role since he is gone. Uh, again, they are going to be looking Robert Barnes as well, and Quinn Perry 
will also be one of the guys who is kind of nailing down that front seven. Uh, for for that defensive line, again, uh, kind of going back there, Jalen Sammy is their nose tackle, and he's pretty dang solid last year. 27 tackles, uh, uh, what's it called? A, ta- a tackle and a half for loss and a tackle and a half uh, for a sack. Uh, just big, big, big dude. He's like 325 pounds, six foot six. He's going to be a massive presence on their defensive line. Uh, Naeem Rodman is also going to be someone they're going to be looking for, six foot two, 300 pound guy. So a lot of beef on the interior of that defensive line. They're just going to be hoping that they can get some kind of production uh, from, from the pass rushing department. The secondary. Uh, talked about Isaiah Lewis a little bit. Talked about, um, did I bring up Kalen Moore? I don't think I brought up Kalen Moore yet. Uh, but I, Isaiah Lewis, a redshirt senior, is going to be guiding a very young secondary. Kalen Moore generating a lot of hype as a redshirt freshman. I know uh, uh, Nico Reed was also somebody who's getting a little bit of hype as well, also a redshirt freshman. And then their third redshirt freshman at free safety, Trevor Woods. Is another guy they're excited about. So they're excited about these young guys who have some pretty good size, but it's it's just going to be very difficult to gauge whether or not these guys are going to be ready for week one of the season or if this is going to end up being one of those situations where they really need to just take their time developing these guys. But they're going to have a lot of help from Isaiah Lewis over the top at the strong safety spot. He could potentially end up kind of masking what could be inexperience from the defense, especially on the back end. What's going to be troubling for them is it it could just be hit or miss. Like you could have a very great young secondary or these guys could just get absolutely exposed. And it's not necessarily on them if that's a situation because starting three redshirt freshmen in a, in a secondary that lost so much is incredibly difficult for any team to do, let alone a team like Colorado that is just constantly shuffling guys around. And it doesn't help that these redshirt freshmen are being thrust into roles because, again, guys like Mac Perry are gone from the program. It's going to be difficult to replace guys of that caliber. It's it's going to be very, like I said, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to be hoping that the Front seven is able to hold its end of the bargain, and then even a little bit more than that. Now, I feel like they could end up being a pretty good uh, run defense with that big, beefy defensive line, and hopefully the addition of Josh uh, chandler Semedo is able to really help them out at middle linebacker. Uh, for what it's worth, they do run a 3-4, so they're going to have a big, 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 big defensive line and some potentially really quick linebackers as well. If they're able to figure out the run game, you're going to force teams to pass on you. Now, that might not be a good thing, depending on how quickly these young guys are able to get accustomed to the speed of the game at the college level. But you potentially have yourselves a really good front seven that can at least make defenses or offenses a little more one-dimensional, force them to pass on you. And in that situation... Maybe you can tee off a little more, send some more exotic blitzes, make things easier for your secondary by taking away time for the quarterback to get rid of the football, force them into bad decisions. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to go over my final thoughts for the Colorado Buffaloes heading into 2022 
and how Arizona State is going to shape up against them. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, guys, make sure that you are tuning in to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less and stay in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions. Right after you make Locked On Sun Devils your first listen, go ahead and make Locked On Pac-12 your second. Final closing thoughts here. Calling a spade a spade, but I'm going to be nice about it because I have no quarrels with Buffalo. This is not a team that's built to win in 2022. There's a lot of really young guys, especially on defense, that they should be excited about. And offensively, you know, it it's a pretty, pretty young but also established offensive line. It's it's gonna have a lot of guys that they're gonna be hoping uh can step into bigger roles sooner rather than later. One of the guys I forgot to mention is wide receiver. Uh, RJ Sneed coming from Baylor, uh, about 120 some odd catches over the last three years for the Baylor Bears. That's that's a good get for them. He's potentially going to be their number one receiver with uh, Daniel Arias and oh man, who was the other guy I mentioned? Uh, Dimi- Dimitri Stanley? No, 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 no. Uh, Montana, uh, Montana, uh, Le- uh, Lemonis or Lemon Lemonois. I'm sorry, terrible with names as we all know by now. Uh, Craig that could be a rock solid receiving core. It's just the tail with Colorado is so similar to Arizona state. There is so much replacing they have to do. And unlike Arizona state, this wasn't a dynamite roster to begin with. Not that Arizona state was dynamite, but it certainly was a lot closer than Colorado is. They were a four and eight team last year. They did not finish last in the pac 12. That was that lowly team down South, but it, well, and here's the other thing. I, people forget Colorado went to the wire with Texas A&M, who took down Alabama last year. Colorado is not incapable of playing tough games. I don't think that's going anywhere this year. I think Colorado is going to make teams work for their wins. I don't see any situation where a team can roll into Boulder and just absolutely roll these guys over, you know, short of Utah can probably do it. Oregon can probably do it. Potentially USC, depending on how quick they're able to click together. Overall though, I think Colorado is just a tough out. Again, I don't think it it ends up leading to a lot of wins. Ultimately. I don't know if this is a 500 football team. I don't know if they're much better than four and eight, but I'm also just not willing to say, that Colorado is going to roll over on their backs and allow opposing competition to just absolutely whip them. They're going to be tougher than people want to give them credit for. And I'm here for it. I really have no issues with Colorado. How does this factor in with Arizona state though? I would love to take Arizona state confidently, but like I said, I just, I can't do it. It's, it's one of those rosters that's going to sneak up on you. It is a lot better than people are making it out to be. Uh, uh, Carl uh, Carl Durrell, excuse me, the head coach, is got them playing for more than what their their talent level would indicate. And he could definitely be a guy who is able to generate team morale and wins 
despite not having the talent that USC and Utah and Oregon have. They're just not going to be an easy out for anyone. Colorado will be tough, even for Arizona State, especially on the road. Boulder is not necessarily the easiest place to play. And by the time you do get out there, it's going to be in October when it's going to be a little chilly outside. It's not necessarily in the elements, something that Arizona State is used to playing in. Uh, I'm I'm getting an exact date for when they play. It might even be November. Uh, No, October 28th, 29th. So, yeah, uh, very late in the year. It's going to be a little chillier in Boulder, Colorado than it is in Tempe, Arizona. And we've seen Arizona State struggle in situations like that before. Now, this this isn't like saying that Arizona State is just going to get embarrassed. It's not saying that they can't handle business. Quite frankly, they should. They are a better football team. I am just unwilling to discount Colorado. With that being said, I am I am taking us with the win simply because again, it's Arizona State's a better football team. They have better talent across the board. I feel like the coaching's better, but again, uh, I, I I feel like Colorado is definitely trending in a really good direction there, uh, just from a team building standpoint. We'll wait and see what happens. Overall. Colorado is going to be a better football team than people give them credit for. I think they're going to give Arizona State a run for their money. I don't think they win the game ultimately, talking about Colorado, but I do think that they're going to be a lot tougher than people are going to be willing to give them credit for. That is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, though. So, as always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Wherever you do get those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also, turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you want to stay in touch with all the content from the podcast, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrats36. And follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Levels. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Levels.